This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not substitute for professional medical advice. Please seek a medical professional or healthcare provider if you're seeking any medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Thanks, everyone. Welcome back. <laughs> Julie and I are really trying to get through it right We're now. We're really trying. My mom and kiddo just got here. And then you're gonna hear, and you are hearing, my dogs going absolutely crazy because that's what they do every time somebody is just in the vicinity of the freaking house, so. Yeah. And she's leaving on vacation soon. A well-needed vacation for this woman. Like you need one, you needed one like months ago. I know. I need a permanent vacation. Yeah. Well, yeah. You need a long vacation. I know. At least it's two weeks worth, so that's going to be good. I know. Yeah. yeah, I know. I'm going away for 10 days. I can't complain. Yeah. Oh, it's 10 days. I thought it was two, um, yeah. two weeks, but it's anyway. 10 days, but yeah. it's still good. It's a good amount. It's a good amount. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so what are we talking about today? We're going to start with lobotomies. Okay. I'm just going to say Jules did some major research on lobotomies, and can I just say the whole entire time that I was reading it, I was just like, what the, what the hell? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. It's no, intense. this can't be real. It's real. Holy shit. It's so bad. The poor people that had to do this, it was terrible. But anyways. Yeah, it's, it, it's really, it, it's a horror movie. It is. It really it, is a horror movie. It really is. And if anybody out there likes like true crime, creepy shit, you know, all that stuff. I love this podcast called uh, Morbid just morbid podcast and it's available everywhere like we are and they did a two-part series on walter freeman which we're gonna extensively talk about because he's pretty much like the guy of lobotomies at least here in the u.s and if you want to hear a lot more a lot more in-depth detail and all that listen to those two episodes from them we're gonna just like cover the bases yeah but give that a give that a shot but we're gonna do our best here keep it medical keep it like general because this is a rabbit hole that yeah. you could like and as medical as possible because i ain't a neurologist either so yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly and i mean we want to break it down easier yeah. for yeah, you guys yeah. too because this could get like pretty technical if you yeah, really want to you know so it can. we'll try to keep it basic yeah basic yeah. bitch <laughs> but it's a crazy one and anyway so here we are yeah it's a lobotomy so basically a lobotomy is a surgery okay or a surgical procedure that you basically separate the frontal lobe So the frontal lobe is that front portion of the brain, and it usually controls executive function, decision-making, all those things. And a lot of your emotions come from the frontal lobe as well. Not all of it. Like your complex thought, like critical thinking and all Exactly, exactly. And then what they do is they basically cut the connections between your frontal lobe and the rest of the brain. And that is what a lobotomy is. Yeah. So we're going to go into more detail about exactly how... They and that's cut like those. the most generalized explanation I've come up with. Yeah, because again, like you could go down a deep rabbit hole and like I'm pretty all sure if ways. I had a neural, like a uh, neurosurgeon here, they'd be like, yeah, that's the. That's sure. The, yeah, sure. <laughs> exactly. They'd be like, 
Sure. Because <laughs> it's so complex. Yeah. yeah and like yeah. the brain, you know, it's the not brain, just like one spot. Yes. Like there, there are parts of the brain that control a lot of functions and stuff. But yeah, it is really, it's really complex. But whatever. Anyways, they used to do these lobotomies on people. And they used to do them for behavioral problems. Ugh. I, yeah, a lot of behavioral problems, like messed up behavioral problems. I, that it shouldn't I had love involved how surgery. we have gone from lobotomies yeah. to yoga and meditation. Yeah, no, polar extreme opposites. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, good, but dang. <laughs> we have come a long way. A long, long, long way. way. So yeah, as Evie had said, all of that decision-making, trying to like, you know, pretty much severing the connection there. And then they used to think that it would treat a slew of things. So all sorts of psychiatric disorders. So from depression to schizophrenia to pretty much even like if you had a pain in your stomach, like the dumbest thing. We're like, oh, lobotomy. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be fine. It, it, it was... It was used for almost everything. They thought it was like a cure-all yeah. at a certain point. And even though it sounds like a crazy surgery to me, what's insane is that not a lot of people died from it. Right. And that's the insane part that even some people actually saw like maybe an improvement, but that was like Very total mild. luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Total, like, total luck. Yeah. Like most you, people. Horrible. We're just vegetables. Yeah. Horrible stuff. And yeah. Which so, they said. Well, anyway, we'll get into that. But yeah, I, I know. It's just like it's so much to talk about in this like topic. I was just reading the notes and I was like, I can't believe this shit. Like, I. Yeah. Anyway, so it was performed even without the patient's consent back then. Yeah. It was based I on like. Imagine that. If That's so. It used to happen like to kiddos. Like, parents would just be like, you know what? Little Timmy is giving me a headache every freaking day because he's a nuisance. So I imagine like there we are. with ADHD or ADD or just behavioral problems like developmental delays or ways or just like ways that they can't express themselves. Exactly. Exactly. So, man, what was it? And what? yeah, I, 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 I'm thinking it, back on our like our drugs, like our old yeah. time drugs. Oh, yeah. Like give the kids more. What is it? Uh, it was meth. The me yeah. Methamphetamines. Yeah. Meth. Lobotomies. Yeah. But anyway, so <clears throat> they were often done without the consent. And these disorders, they really thought that this was the only way to treat them through directly mm -hmm. going in there instead of there were two teams. There were. Like, teams of psychiatrists that were like, no, it's talk therapy. It's, you know, um, just speaking to the patient, just basic talk therapy. And then you had the other extremes, which were these neurologists, psychiatrists or whatever, that they only thought that it was only fixable, all these psychiatric disorders, through going in there and fixing it hands-on. Yeah. So, and I mean, it's, it's a mixture of both. You need to, yeah, some people you know, have to take meds, mm -hmm. which is kind of like the physical form of dealing with it. And mm -hmm. then also talk therapy. So it was like a mixture of both. You can't just like have both extremes, like yeah. cut in there and do this thing. Yeah. But uh, it was just like a lack of understanding of how to deal with it. We're talking about like the late 1800s and early 1900s all throughout the 50s, 60s. And yeah, so. Yeah. But talking about the history, in 1888, Swiss psychiatrist Gottlieb Burkhardt. Sure. I already started. Sure. I already started. <laughs> Don't count on me for that name. <laughs> I mean, sure. it's a Swiss last name, okay? And I was like, 
I'm gonna have trouble like, I, I, saying this. And oh, yeah, there I am. that I have a patient that I don't, I don't know how to say their name. The first thing I say, I like knock and I come in and I'm like, "Hey, how are you? I'm Dr. Gonzalez. How do I say your name?" Because I don't want to sound like an idiot. Yeah, I sound like an idiot every day in this in these podcasts. No. Oh, but sometimes they answer me. The, <laughs> they answer me the name and they look at me like, "Are you an idiot?" <laughs> and I'm like, like, "Well, I'm sorry. I don't speak Swiss in this." In yeah. This, uh, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so this person attempted what is now considered the first cycle surgery. So lobotomies actually like by, before the ice pick lobotomy, which we will get into. <laughs> this was even worse. This was actually like drilling holes into the brain. Into the brain, yeah. And well, into the skull to get access to the, to brain. the brain. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what they considered part of cycle surgery. Anyway, so he believed the mental illness is really showing something that is not right in the brain pathology. So if you had depression or whatever, it was just something physically wrong in your brain that needed to be physically fixed because that's how it was manifesting. Anyway, so he also believed that by lesioning the brain in specific regions that he considered it like considered the processing area. So the frontal lobe and whatever lesioning those areas, it could alter behavior and it did. But, you know, well, yeah, it's like, <laughs> I, like, I can't really come up with a good example, but it's yes, there will be a change in behavior. What kind of change are we talking about, though? There's like an asterisk yeah. there. There's like a fine line yeah. at the bottom. Go to the consent line 157 no that they decided to do. But yeah. Yeah. So he operated on six patients back. We're still talking about the late 1800s um, on six patients that were in his care in the Swiss something or another asylum okay i am not gonna say that name because it's just way too swiss for me yeah, i mean no, it, I it has even like the little touches on the yeah. you know touches is that an I english word i think it's a tachito tachito <laughs> i don't know what it's called like the little accent an like, accent mark right? accent mark okay we're gonna call well, it i think it's called the i accent think it's mark. an, an it's bro an there's mark. like if there's anybody that's an Attach. english me a little tach. A little tach. A little tach. In Spanish, that's called a tachito. Exactly. Or an acento. That. Yeah. Yeah. Un tachito. Yeah, exactly. So that. It even has that in the name. So that means it's way too complicated for me. And I'm going to really butcher it. I'm going to make a new drink. Uh, drinking game. No. Don't get... I take a shot for every word we mispronounce. Drunk immediately. Immediately. <laughs> Wait till we get to the phobias episode because I was... I was looking at Oh no, honey, you're saying that whole list. <laughs> I am not saying that list. That's no. all on you. No. Oh yeah. Did you see the really long one? Yeah, you highlighted it in red. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. I knew what you were doing there. <laughs> Check out our Patreon. It's gonna be out on Patreon. So anyway. <laughs> so yeah, so he said it would alter it if you did these lesions, which obviously you would alter it, but you know, aster a big asterisk to that. So then he operated on these six patients, which were in his care and removing, actually removing sections of their cerebral cortex, according to his own reporting. Okay. So this is no peer review. This is no nothing. He, he was like, according to his own reporting, two patients experienced no change. Two patients became quieter. Behavioral changes. And one had epileptic convulsions and later passed and one patient improved i would i want to know like like what do you more about that improvement what do you consider improvement that's it 
Yeah. Complications were weakness, epilepsy, difficulty understanding language, and word deafness. So just done. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me think, did you ever watch the movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? No, I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. One Flew Over the... Yeah, yeah, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. I read the I read the book and I saw the movie and it's with... Oh, wow. I can't believe I'm blanking out on his name. Jack Nicholson? Jack Nicholson. Like, I, you see, I know yeah. the, mo- the movie, but I haven't seen it. Like, yes, I know yes, it. yes. Yeah. It's a great movie, but it's kind of sad. But yeah, he gets a lobotomy. Anyways. Okay. He considered his first operation a success, claiming that the patient no longer had depression, although the patient was never discharged from the mental hospital. Okay. Sounds like a great doing success. Great. Yeah, doing great. They continued until he they... Re- to live there. Exactly. Yeah. It was very comfortable for him. Whatever. They continued until they reached nine patients where they introduced the leucotone, which was a cannula. So cannula is like a big like syringe, right? Like in essence. So cannula is, uh, think about it like something. Oh, man. How do I describe a cannula? Something that will transfer. Okay. Okay. Whatever you're giving. But it's basically a long like needle like mm-hmm. like tubular structure. Okay. And basically, a cannula just means that it has, like, a hole running through it so uh-huh. that you can use it to deliver something or right. take something out or use it to put something else in. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So... Very confusing. I'm sorry. No, no. I mean, it made sense. But yeah. So, they introduced the leucotome, which was a cannula, which she just explained, that made a circular laceration in the frontal lobe. Yeah. So, they inserted that thing, like, somewhere around here. The patient he operated on was diagnosed with depression, schizophrenia, panic disorders, manic, catatonic, and manic depression. So really very <laughs> troubled person. Yeah. Most notable was anxiety and agitation. As expected, complications were observed in all leukotomies. Leukotomies. I don't, you know. Leukotomies. 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 Okay. <sighs> yeah, pretty much. Okay. Which included fevers, vomiting, incontinence, ocular problems, and psychological effects such as apathy, weakness, personality changes, disorientation, and many more. Surprisingly, there were no deaths. To sum it up, they fucked this guy up. Massively. <laughs> yeah, there's, like, there's no improvement there. You just made it worse. <laughs> But surprisingly, there were no deaths caused by these surgeries, and Moniz argued that these complications were temporary. In short, in 1935, Lu- 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 that. <laughs> I like you said it so many times. I before. know, but like I don't, I don't know what's wrong. Like I, I maybe need a lobotomy. I was gonna say, I'm like, <laughs> have a lobotomy. Yeah, or need one. I don't know. It depends on who you are, I guess was performed by Portuguese neurologist Antonio Egas Moniz and Pedro Almeida Lima. Their um, leucotomy. Pedro. 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 Their leucotomy. Did I at least say that right? Okay, great. Awesome. Consisted of making holes in the skull and injecting the frontal lobe with ethanol to cut ties between the frontal lobe and the rest of the brain by making frontal barriers using this, as he termed it. He claimed that by doing this, he could alleviate behavioral problems. So imagine, imagine putting in, you drill a little hole with your cannula, okay? Yeah. And then you just 
secrete or you just inject ethanol in there. Jesus Christ. Oh, man. Like, who thinks about this? They did. They did, and they thought that it was, like, the way. I would love to know if they did, like, prior research. Like, did they... I don't yeah, know, like, how did like, they come up with this? Yeah, yeah, like, like how, why... Why did you choose ethanol? Uh-huh. Why? Exactly. Why not, like, maybe water? If yeah. you wanted a barrier... Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Anyways. Anyways. So, basically, in 1937, Amaro Fiamberti... Oh, I said that right. Yeah, you did. Or I think so. I think you did. <laughs> The medical director and psyche of the psychiatric institution of Varese, Italy, uh, yeah. first created a trans. Okay, yeah. So I read this. <laughs> okay, so this guy, in 1937, Amaro Fiamberti. Okay, Fiamberti. Oh, Fiamberti. <laughs> Fiamberti. Okay. He's this medical director of psychiatry in a very famous place in, in an institution in Italy. And this guy decides to do a lobotomy, but not how everyone yeah. else had done it. He was like, oh, no, no, no. I'm going to go through the eyeball. I'm going to make this better. Yeah. And yeah. he basically put access via the eye sockets pretty much puncturing a thin orbital bone, which it is. It is pretty thin. So it's the bone in the back, right? Like Exactly. Back. And it's like the orbital bone is... Well, no. So this is like the orbital bone, like all around here. Okay. But like the little... Like that's it. Like in the back, like we don't have right. any more bones, so, right? Right. Yeah. So, but the orbital bone like on the inside has like... It's almost like paper thin. Yeah. Like it's very easy to right. like puncture through. But anyways, so he punctured this thin orbital bone at the very top of the eye socket, like right here, and then injected alcohol and formalin into the frontal lobe and brain matter. So not just alcohol, but also formalin, which is what we use to do like biopsies and preserve. That's and, what I was going to say. It's yeah. preserved tissue. Yes, exactly. Jesus Christ. Doesn't that kill tissue? Hold on a second. It gets better, guys. Because just when you thought that things weren't weren't saucy enough with it's alcohol and formalin, mm -hmm. he used an ice pick. Okay. He used an ice pick from his kitchen at home mm -hmm. and practiced the idea mm -hmm. on a grapefruit first. Oh, out of all the things. Because that's so similar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then finally on cadavers. Yeah. It's a natural progression. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with that. No, yeah. yeah it sounds about not right. Not on mice. No. Not on... Not necessary. Not on... I don't even know. I don't even know. <laughs> but anyways, he just... Yeah, grapefruit. Sure. I'm sure that the consistency of a grapefruit is exactly like that. Totally. Yeah. And then basically this alteration in Moniz's original method inspired Walter Freeman's development of the transorbital lobotomy and introduced the U.S. in the 1940, in 1945 using a ice pick. Lovely. So we're going to get into who this uh, Walter Freeman person is. And he's pretty much like the father of the ice pick lobotomy so the traditional lobotomy that you all know on uh, all the horror stories and whatever. Can you believe that when I was looking for photos and doing all this research, they... Why, Why are you looking for photos? Because it's part of, part of this. I have to, whatever. Anyway, post photos. But can you believe that they sell, like, the tools, like the, the ice pick thing, which the Lucatome or whatever, yeah, yeah. and the mallet? 
You can buy them in Etsy. Shut up, for real. Te lo juro. I swear. Oh, my God. On Etsy, eBay, like, they're everywhere. Of course, it's not the real things because those things are, like, in museums or whatever. Yeah. But replicas of it. Oh, my God. And I'm here, like, why? Who? Why do you need that? What's happening out there in the world that we don't know of? Is somebody still doing freaking ice pick lobotomies out there? And not Because there was a lot of these things. Like, okay, let's say you're not doing ice pick lobotomies, which I hope you're not. I, I really okay? hope you're not. Why are you buying that? That's what I'm saying. And there were so many listings. It wasn't just like one Etsy place or one eBay place. Like some, you know, oddball out there is doing. No, 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 no. It was like a list of multiple places selling multiple. You could. I was scrolling. La gente tan rara. La gente tan rara. It made me think of like. La It's just so freaking happening out there, man. I feel like I have my mom talking to me in the background. Oh, my God. I Ten cuidado. Yeah. No andes sola. Oh my God, no. And all I can think about is a person who's chasing me with an ice pick. Yeah. <sighs> essentially. So, yeah. An American leucotomy. Yeah. So now we're going to go into like how all of that, because all of that was happening in Swiss, Switzerland and in Italy and then Por Portugal, actually, with Moniz and whatever. And then yeah. now Walter Freeman pops in. Walter Freeman. Uh, Palter. 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 <laughs> well, screw that guy anyway. But anyway, so he's kind of a Nepo baby. Oh, he is? Yeah. So his grandfather uh -huh. was the first brain surgeon okay. in, in the U.S. Oh. And then his father was also like a very well-to-do doctor. Uh -huh. and, then he, and then he became a doctor himself. Wow. So a way to set a name for your family, bro. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so the first prefrontal leucotomy in the U.S. was performed in 1936 by Walter Freeman and neurosurgeon James W. Watts. Now, Walter Freeman was a doctor. He was not a surgeon. You know, mm -hmm. only Watts was a surgeon. So oh. they developed this together and just one of them was a surgeon mm -hmm. for this kind of surgery. Interesting. Yeah. What kind of a doctor was Freeman? He was a neurologist. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. He was, like, really obsessed with the brain. I mean, you know, he idolized his grandfather. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. that's where all of this okay. came from, okay, you know? Okay, okay, We're talking about his grandfather being the first brain surgeon in the U.S. So yeah. he had, like, big shoes to look, look to after. Fill, yeah. Anyway, so Freeman came from a very heavily medically <laughs> inclined... There goes my dog. He needs a lobotomy. The four of them or just one? Mostly Max, because he's the first one that starts barking and he's the one that's like, ah! Oh my God. He comes from a very heavily medically inclined family. His father was a physician and his grandfather was a first brain surgeon in the nation and mentored him and he really, really looked up to him throughout his lifetime. The transorbital lobotomy that he created involved using an orbital clasp. That's what he, that's what he named it. Okay. Yeah. I remember now. Which resembled an ice pick being placed under the eyelid against the top of the eye socket. Yeah, that's exactly how I remember doing these. Okay. Then by using a mallet. It's like very thin too. Like I don't even feel like you need it. Well, I, I mean, I guess you need a mallet to like put pressure. But it's so thin. That little bone there. It's super, super thin. Like, yeah. I remember we had to be so careful in the cadaver labs when we were doing 
like studying the nerves like coming mm-hmm. out of these sockets and things we had to be so careful because of how tiny this was and so fragile that like one wrong move with this little like ice pick well that comes to show you and you would sever like nerves that's exactly it so that comes to show you like all the freaking damage yeah that this was creating because they literally were using a freaking mallet yeah and to, man like, say, stick it in there this is nothing like a grapefruit no <laughs> I don't know what. I don't know either. I don't know what happened with the grapefruit. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why he like was looking around in the kitchen and it was like grapefruit. He probably saw the grapefruit. And it was the only thing that he had, and he's like, "Oh, this will do." How about a piece of chicken? I don't know. Anything. I don't even know anything else to be honest. I mean, it could have been even a cracker. I feel like a cracker <laughs> might be like more, you know, like. You can't crack the whole thing. Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, the ice pick is being placed under the eyelid against the top of the eye socket. <laughs> then by using a mallet, it <laughs> right up there. So then by using a mallet, it was driven into the thin layer of bone in the frontal lobe of the brain and then proceeded to moving the instrument. So it's not only, you know, it's not only like geek and then that's it. Oh, just looking at Julie. Oh. I have a phobia about this. <laughs> I hate eyes. I hate eyes. So, so it much. wasn't only just like, oh yeah, let's just like click, go in. No, it was like click, click, and ah! then, and then, and then it was let's scramble it a little bit, what? and then, and then it gets technical. Like if you want to look it up on Google or what. <laughs> it was like, oh, they did like forty degrees here, and then like an upward angle or whatever. I, I didn't include that in there. That's too technical. No. But yeah, they would just say, "Nope, nope." That's a, that's a hard pass for yeah. me. So oh. yeah, so they moved it back and forth, and then repeating the same procedure in the other side, all over, all over again. So it wasn't just one eye; it was both. Like scramble, scramble, and then you're cured. Fucked up, man. It's so fucked. It's so fucked. How do you think? Like, how does that even, like, make any sense? Like, dude, just just going to the kitchen and making scrambled eggs, you would understand that it's going to fuck something up. Because yeah. if you're scrambling an egg yolk, it's no longer going to look like an egg yolk, right? So how the hell do you think the same thing isn't going to happen in the freaking brain? I really try I don't to think about, like, modern-day medicine today and if there's anything related, anything that I can think about on, like, you know... To be like, oh, yeah, I can see where they're... I, I can't. I can't think of one. I'm not a surgeon, but I can't think of one. I can't either. I can't either. Like, it's pretty intense, the orthopedic surgeons, when they're doing, like, knee surgeries or whatever. Like, Dude. it's pretty intense. No, it's intense. They're literally going... Yeah. <gasps> no, they, <gasps> you they know? look like they're chopping down a tree. Yeah. But still, like, there's... Like, it ends up being fine. Like, the knee, whatever, yeah. you know, in that aspect ends up being fine. Like, it's yeah. getting replaced. But in this case, like, nobody's fine. <laughs> nobody's fine. Anyway, I digress. Freeman did not have any former surgery training, but he was a neurologist. Remembered Watts that was, much. Right? Watts was the surgeon, for sure. And that's why he teamed up with him, because he was like, we want to, I want to do this, and you're a surgeon, and I'm not. So, we got to do this together. Anyway. 
So he was a neurologist that worked in psychiatric hospitals and he invented the ice pick lobotomy, which did not require a neurosurgeon or an operating room or anesthesia in his perspective. So all of that was happening raw dog. Awesome. Yeah. He advertised it as pain-free. How is that pain-free? I will tell you now. And a quick and simple procedure. He would render patients unconscious by electroshock. That was his anesthesia. And that's how it was pain-free. Because, I mean, imagine, like, if you're doing that, obviously, if the patient is not unconscious, they're going to move. Like, there's no way around it. So he would just... With electroshock. Yeah, man. I can't make this stuff up. It's it's a horror movie, what I was researching. I just... He electroshocked them, so he's already fucking with the brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then lobotomizing them. I'm just trying to think, like, the families. Like, how did he explain this and convince families? He did a lot of them, so he was... The thing is that back then, I guess, like, people put, you know... Which is not, like, how can I explain it? I guess people just didn't ask questions. Like, there wasn't Google, there wasn't the internet. Like, you didn't hear of, like, one case of one person happening to the other. There was that, and then doctors had a very, very different, like, standard. And people really, really trusted doctors, like, blindly. Yeah. They were, like, leaders in their society. They yeah. were... They were just really highly respected. Mm-hmm. So it must have it must have been all of that too. You yeah. know, it's oh if he's telling me this then it has to work. It's true. It has to be true. Yeah. You know, because he's a doctor, it has to be true. Yeah, which I'm not like trying to sit here and be like, Don't trust your doctor. I you mean you're a I doctor. Mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we did go to school, we did do residency training. Yeah. Like oh. But this is way back when. Yeah. This is very different. Different type times. Of, very different times for sure. Very different. Like, now there's checks and, and I, balances. And I, and I also, like, I encourage families. Like, you know, I encourage... When when a family comes up to me and they're like, oh, well, I read about this. The first thing I ask them, I'm like, perfect. What did you read? Yeah. Like, where did you read it from? Now, if you're going to tell me you just Googled and you clicked the first link, I might not listen to you. Yeah, it's let me wipe my ass with my four years of medical exactly. school. Then. No, and also, <laughs> I, have, I have a ton of people. A ton of people. Like, just show me, like, a, a PubMed article, okay? They're like, well, I look at this, like, PubMed. And I'm like, do you even know what kind of research this is? Yeah. Do you even know if it's a strong study? Yeah. I'm like, what? Like, how do you interpret these results? Because just because it tells you conclusion and methods, like, doesn't mean anything, you it's know? It's like, oh, the sample size was five people. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like... <laughs> Yeah, it's a very study, (laughs) not powerful research study, you know, or like some people are like, oh, no, this is like a like a like a research. And I'm like, it was a survey, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and don't get me wrong. We got a lot of information from surveys. Yeah, but not (laughs) this isn't a double blinded, you know. Anyways, I digress. But back then they just were godlike yeah 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 i know know? i know what it means yeah Yeah. like back then and again it's because they people did not have access exactly like the only way that you got information is to go to your doctor and get the information from your doctor so when you would come home the only person it was like was like i feel like nowadays it's like did you google it yeah yeah (laughs) before i was like did you go to the doctor exactly exactly yeah same thing but anyway so he rendered them unconscious with electroshock which Obviously, that's how he said that it was pain-free. Mm-hmm. So, want to go ahead and read this one? 
Yes. So, oh God. <laughs> oh God. She's laughing. That means that there's something. It's okay. It's okay. okay. I mean, it, it's all bad. This, right. this whole episode's bad. <laughs> oh my God. This, the first sentence, I already read the first sentence and I feel like it's bad already. So he, he did these lobotomies. Okay. So he did these procedures on people with untrained psychiatrists. Okay, they, this is not a surgeon. This is a psychiatrist, okay? Yeah. So basically this guy performed these lobotomies and he wanted to make it more accessible. So he did it with untrained psychiatrists. Sounds and, you know, legit. just because he decided to zap them into a coma, basically. Yeah. yeah. He, it was an outpatient procedure. Mobile? And, yeah, mobile. It's like your mobile pet clinic. Get it anywhere. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like a little pop-up clinic. Free lobotomies, you know? Yep. So, and also, they didn't need operating rooms. They didn't need anesthesiologists. They didn't need anything. They just needed a, a voltage thing and a connection to some sort of electricity to shock the shit out of you and yep. uh, knock you out to the point where they put an ice pick to your eye and uh, blended your brain. That is so gross. <laughs> I'm literally dying right now. Okay, so... They had limited budgets. Yeah. And they also wanted to make it simple enough for physicians such as psychiatrists that are not formally trained in surgery basically to carry out this procedure. That's a no. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And like, he like his main thing was that they didn't have to do this at this a hospital. This isn't Botox. All right. This is surgery. Brain surgery. Brain surgery. You know, and what what's like crazy is that like a little bit deeper? Like you go in a little bit deeper? Death. Death. Yeah. But it makes me think. These are the things that I think about all the time. But, you know, okay, you can, you go to school to learn, right? And to know, learn the consequences and the reason why you do things and all these things. But you can teach a monkey how to do a procedure. Damn, you're not the first person to tell, to tell me that. I've heard so many doctors say that. Like You, you know, can teach a monkey how to do a procedure. Yeah. I can, I don't know how to intubate. Well, okay. I know how to intubate. I've intubated before, but that's not what I do. I don't do that on a daily basis yeah, yeah, like yeah. an anesthesiologist, right? However, if someone came mm -hmm. and taught me how to do an intubation, mm -hmm. all I need is a body to learn how to do an intubation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. However, if there's a complication with that intubation, right? and I don't have any training, any knowledge yeah. on that, yeah. then that's it. I'm fucked. Exactly. You know, I don't know what's going to happen. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what I, I like. I try to kind of like put like modern day into now and all these things. And it's truly like the reason why people go to school and get the knowledge and all these things is because those are things that cannot be taught. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. And let me tell you, not a lot of people want to learn these things because yeah. there was a shit ton of crap in medical school that I was like, I don't want to learn this. Yeah. You know, but I was forced to because I needed to pass that exam and all these things. Right. And at the end of the day, it all comes back together. Right. Like it all like wraps around. But anyways, I digress. They basically taught these psychiatrists, which are physicians, to do these procedures. And I'm sure that they did these procedures fine sometimes. They follow the instructions. They follow the instructions. That's that's what I was going to say. I'm like, you're not a baker, but you can follow yep. a little Pillsbury, Pillsbury box instructions. Exactly. And damn, like all of a sudden you're like, you made an amazing cake. Yeah. And it was all, right. all to, so they don't have to do it in the hospital. They could do it at their own offices. Okay. So. Perfect. 
Yeah, awesome. that's that's great. If you want to, I don't know how. Like, <laughs> I just I'm just thinking about all of this. It's like driving me crazy. Can you imagine being that person that you're gonna go to a lab, like to do a lobotomy, and it's like, yeah, today's the day of my procedure. Yeah, and you come out of there and you're like never the same. No. Well, we're gonna talk about one big, big, big case about exactly that. Yeah. So Freeman and Watts claimed that their technique was basically the ice pick lobotomy and it was safe and it was effective for a variety of mental illnesses, okay, including schizophrenia, depression, OCD, basically anything. anything. If you had any sort of DSM-5 criteria going on, pretty much, then it would be fixed by a lobotomy, yeah. okay? Yeah. And, but the procedure was controversial. A lot of doctors were like, wait. We were like, hey, you know, that's normal. I'm glad to know there was doctors out there that they're like, hey, uh, I don't think you should do this. Okay. And basically from the start, some doctors started to criticize it, which again, good thing. And that it's too dangerous, causing serious side effects, such as personality changes, which is you wanted a behavioral change, but you didn't want the person to have a complete other personality. Yeah. Change you know? the person entirely. Yeah. And also it, it caused symptoms of apathy. So apathy is basically disinterest yeah you know just flat well just, just probably because there's no emotions there's nothing there there's anymore. nothing there i mean you literally blended the frontal lobe so how the hell are they going to show any emotion when there's nothing there and intellectual impairment well, well i mean yeah <laughs> self-explanatory there yeah I exactly mean. okay so so in 1947 dr james watts ended his partnership with freeman Ooh, that was, must have been a hard breakup and he witnessed the Ipes pick lobotomy being conducted as an office procedure and his opposition to the transorbital lobotomy. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So this guy. So the surgeon, yeah. right? So from the two. Yeah. The neurologist, Freeman, and then the surgeon. So the you, surgeon was all of a sudden like, oh, you know Well, what? the thing is, I'm like, okay. That's so, bullshit. No, well, the whole story here is that, like, I just made like a bullet point, but the whole story here is that watts walked in one day into one of one of the rooms right mm -hmm. and freeman was in the middle of doing a lobotomy and the patient was unconscious ice picks in, in the eyes all that stuff and he literally freeman turned around and it's like oh hi jim or whatever he used to call him at that time i think it was jim because it was james can you go ahead and just take a quick photo here of this procedure right now i think it'd be great and he didn't even take the photo. He just allegedly just didn't take the photo, walked away. And mm -hmm. that's when he like severed ties with him because he was not about it anymore. Because Freeman, like it went into his head. He started getting like really, really famous and popular about yeah. this lobotomy because he kept on advertising it as a cure-all. Yeah. And it went to his head and yeah. he wanted to like even take photos of it or whatever. And then once it went to his head, then Watts is like, I'm out. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, you know, what What can I tell you? But that was in 1947. That was crazy long ago. Yeah, that was crazy long ago. But still not long ago enough. But that's what I'm saying. It wasn't that crazy so long like ago. the Egyptians, you know? Exactly. But anyway. But anyway, so Freeman traveled all over the States and, and mental institutions all around. He even performed 228 transorbital lobotomies in a two-week period. Mm -hmm. What in the world? Uh, yep. And alone, it included 25 women in one single day and even made headlines on newspapers in 1952. Some newspapers even described it as easier than curing a toothache. Mm -hmm. His popularity led him to believe that his 10-minute lobotomy procedure 
could be used on others while symptoms not just mentally ill. Oh my god. So he started like progressing it as like, oh, anything. Everyone needs lobotomy. Yeah. Anything. It could cure anything. Any ailment that you have. Yeah, it's sick. I'm speaking. It went to his head. It went to his head. Like 25 women in one single day? In a single day. Yeah. I mean, 228 in two weeks. That's insane. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. So during this time, lobotomies were very popular, as you can tell. It's estimated that over 50,000 lobotomies were performed in the United States during the 1940s and the 1950s. And also during this time, given its popularity, the procedure's news had spread overseas and lobotomies were now being conducted in Europe and even Japan. Yep. So in England, approximately 17,000 were done. Estimated amounts of 9,300 combined in Sweden, Denmark, and Norway. In Sweden, mainly women were lobotomized. Wow. The feminist inside of me is raging right now. Yeah. I could only um, imagine that it's just like, oh, she's having... She just has her period. And like, that's literally what I was going to say. Like, she's PMSing, bro. Like, leave her alone. No. Nope. Lobotomy. We're going to lobotomize her. Wow. And a lot of these things were done without consent. Okay, cool. Yep. Hospitals in Scandinavia lobotomized 2.5 times more people than in the U.S. So that's what people don't like. People focus so much on Walter Freeman and everything he did here. Yeah. But overseas, it was rampant. That's rampant. Terrible. Yeah, they ran with it. Like they grabbed it and ran. I mean, it did start over there. Oh my god! And then most lobotomies in Japan were kids with behavioral problems. What the actual fuck? Okay. Yep. Lobotomy procedures started to dwindle down in popularity due to the introduction of chlorpromazine. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. So this is chlorpromazine and it's <laughs> it's a we use it for a lot. We actually use it a lot in like nausea and vomiting oh, really? and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But it's a good medicine. It has its has its side effects like every other medication. Like but day. but yeah. Okay. Better than so, a lobotomy. Yeah, better than a lobotomy. <laughs> And uh, in 1967, Freeman performed his last transorbital lobotomy on a long-standing patient named Helen Mortensen. Mortensen? Yeah, Mortensen. This is... And he was performing her third lobotomy, and she died of a brain hemorrhage following the procedure after he was banned from operating. So she, he did this lobotomy on her three times? Three times. Oh, my God. Three oh. times. And, I mean, that... Is what got him to be banned from doing it in the state of California. Like he could continue doing it other, like elsewhere. That's terrible. But the state of California banned him then, only then. It says the following following year, Freeman retired. Oh wow, what great timing! Mm. Retired and conducts uh, follow up studies of his lobotomy patients as well as continuing to practice in California. Wow, yeah. so they didn't even take his license away. They Negative. just Negative. they just banned him from doing the surgeries. Mm-hmm. Okay. And many of his patients post lobotomy had to be had to relearn how to eat, how to do simple tasks as use a restroom. Some never recovered, and about fifteen percent passed from the procedure. Wow, sick. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Incredibly enough, there were some people that reported positive outcomes from the procedure, but those were very few and far in between. That's awful. Including in the thousands of patients that he performed the lobotomies, there were 19 minors, which included a four-year-old child. Dude, what the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The parents. The parents that, like, 
because you see photos of post lobotomies and it's just purple like the eyes are just like two hemorrhages like i mean they're just purple hematomas that's what i meant to say yeah all it like the kids that i at least that i saw like they couldn't even open their eyes because it was just hematoma oh my god that makes me so sad dude how do you feel whatever yeah so okay freeman never wore gloves <laughs> and normas yeah no this was just like i said it was just from the office raw dogging it you know and he just did it in his practice at any time it was just like oh walk in okay how are you doing oh you're feeling an indigestion you know what let's go right now let's get to the bottom of it immediately okay. yeah yeah it was like nothing he was sick he was sick yeah the lobotomy today is rarely used and the it's it's pretty much like the last 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 option <laughs> when all of their treatments have failed and there's specific types of these like quote-unquote like lobotomies are really psychosurgeries you know mm -hmm. but i don't know if you've heard of these have a you... singulotomy. So a singulotomy is basically a surgery to relieve the feeling of chronic pain by altering tissue in the anterior cingulate region. Okay. Uh, it treats chronic and severe anxiety disorders such as OCD, severe mood disorders. Examples are depression, bipolar disorder, heroin addiction, everything. Everything under the sun. But okay. it has to be extremely severe and that all of their treatment has, yeah, has entirely failed. failed. So yeah. it's like the last resort yeah. you know, for this type of stuff. And then, of course, like, you know, accompanied with aggressive behavior and all that stuff. So, like, dangerous to other people at that point and all that. And it's like an anterior capsulotomy. Possible treatment for severe OCD when not responsive to psychotherapy and medications. It alters the region of the brain that transports information from the thalamus to the brainstem to prefrontal area of the brain. I'm telling you, man, this is not easy to understand. There's a lot of connections there from those three little things that I just said. So it's there, like from pretty here complex. to back there, just like wire. Think of wiring connections in your brain yeah. from like front to back and mm -hmm. vice versa. I mean, that's as Barney Sow as I think I can break it down. <laughs> yeah. Subcaudate tractotomy used to potentially treat people with severe schizophrenia associated with aggressive symptoms and delusions and hallucinations and severing connections between the limbic system. Every time I say limbic system, I think of Dane Cook. Do you remember? No. He had like a joke and he was like into the limbic system. I don't know. Oh, Anyways. no, I think of limbo. <laughs> limbo. <laughs> limbo. <laughs> but anyways, they sever these connections and parts of the frontal lobe and it's called a orbital frontal called them sorry i'm just gonna it's just yeah yeah i mean it's uh, it's another way of so severing other nerves according yeah. to what it is that you're suffering from yeah a limbic lacotomy it's, it's a, a combination combo. cool a yeah. combo of subcaudate tractotomy these are things that are still used today and oh my god there's just a lot of stuff yeah corpus, and this is the last corpus one. callostotomy yeah, procedure so... that cuts the corpus callosum yeah which is right here uh, there's people that are born without a corpus callosum and do just fine so right exactly and that's why they do it yeah which is a collection of nerves that oh. connect to your left to your right brain hemispheres and then, in 2017 researchers found that this is potentially effective treatment for generalized epilepsy yeah mm -hmm. i can see that exactly for those that for oh. other treatments that have failed and yes that is actually true they do like kind of separate like right down the middle right and um, it, it actually has. I, I have actually studied. Oh I'm an idiot. What? I have like the perfect prop for this. 
I can get this now. It's a little brain. Uh. <laughs> it has hair on it. Oh my God. It's dog hair. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> no, I don't like it. No, I don't like it. No, I don't hear it. No, no, Jules. <laughs> I don't like it. So in essence, the Corpus Colossum is this this thing right here. No, so Corpus Colossum is like inside. Right, like inside here yeah. in the middle, so right? Yeah, so if I were yeah. to cut this in half, yeah. it would be Love the, the brain, brain and then the Corpus Colossum. Yeah, so it's cutting that. Mm -hmm. oh! <laughs> See, where, where did you get that? Uh, I forgot. Oh my god. Oh, stop doing that. It's so it's squishy. No, I don't like that noise. <laughs> Listen to our phobia. This is a phobia. Episode. Yeah, this is a phobia. On patreon.com forward slash funny medicine podcasts. Terrible. Oh my <laughs> god, there's more. It's, you know. Who's yeah. Rosemary Kennedy? People Mag article. It's oh pretty bad. It's one of the Kennedys. So she's, okay. So we're going to touch upon this real quick because it deserves, it deserves some attention. Mm -hmm. So Rosemary Kennedy, and I got this from a People Mag article as well as a Marie Claire article. They both did really, really, really good articles on this. And Rosemary Kennedy is exactly that, a Kennedy. And when I'm talking about Kennedy, like she is sister to JFK. Okay. President. Okay. You know, former president of the United States. Okay. Um, okay. So Rosemary was the third child of Joseph P. Kennedy and Rose Fitzgerald's ninth um, child and she was born with an intellectual disability and struggled with emotional outbursts in her younger years mm -hmm. and that was because on the moment of her birth her mom had to wait for the doctor to get there mm -hmm. so she purposefully like closed her legs oh, no. and did not allow for her daughter to be born for two hours until the doctor would get there which obviously caused you know what that yeah, causes yeah yeah so anyway, so she was born with intellectual disabilities. disabilities and other personality behavioral issues. So in 1941, at the age of 23, that's how young she was. Okay. 23, Rosemary Kennedy's father, John P. Kennedy, scheduled a lobotomy for her without her mother's knowledge. Oh, my God. Okay. We're talking about the days of the patriarchy. Yeah. yeah like yeah. real, real hardcore patriarchy. So the lobotomy was performed by Dr. Walter Friedman. And it was a failure since Rosemary's condition actually worsened after the procedure. She was left with a mental capacity of a toddler and spent the rest of her life institutionalized in a psychiatric hospital. I did not know that. Yep. She was the missing Kennedy is what they call her because all her brothers and whatever, they're fine. They, yeah. And pretty much this happened because Joseph P. Kennedy, the, you know, Joseph's senior dad, he was in the political realm and all that stuff. And back then... Her outbursts and her intellectual, like, disabilities, I guess you could say, caused problems in his image. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know how, how it was way back when. Yeah. You know, that yeah. image was a big deal, especially if you were in the political, like, powerhouse and whatever and all that stuff, especially a freaking Kennedy. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. And he was really gone home to his, one of his sons becoming what one of his sons actually did become, the president, mm -hmm. you know? So it was a lot of that. And uh, yeah, he was, he decided to go ahead and do that. Rosemary's father never saw her again after he institutionalized her after the lobotomy. Never saw her again. And he hid from his family where she was even institutionalized. 
completely just once he saw that it was a failure he then institutionalized her and cut all ties did not tell rose his you know the mom, the mom. nor all the other siblings none of them knew they only found out where she was institutionalized was he passed horrible horrible it's like a horror story what they did to this poor woman i'm in shock yeah 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 so in her later years rosemary was able to live a semi-independent life at a catholic facility for the disabled however she never fully recovered from the effects of her lobotomy rosemary kennedy's lobotomy was a devastating blow to the kennedy family and it was kept a secret from the public for many years in yeah as she's seeing a photo which i will post on instagram about what a lobotomy is. In 1961, after Joseph P. Kennedy suffered a stroke, Rosemary's siblings learned the truth about her lobotomy. They were shocked and horrified, and they vowed to never let anything like that happen to another family again. Rose, Rosemary's mother, finally saw her daughter again after 20 years. I don't even know. I don't even know where my emotions are at with that. And if you listen to the Morbid podcast, which is, you know, where I got this information about rosemary it's incredible like when rose saw rosemary again and all that and how that happened and all that stuff like it's it's serious but where was she institutionalized you know i i don't remember now but they moved her over back to because they were always like in cape cod and the hyannis hyannis area and finally, and she loved apparently Rosemary when she was a kid. She mm-hmm. loved being in Hyannis and in Cape Cod and all that area. Okay. So then once her mom like got her from that institution, whatever, they like would make her have trips over there. But Rosemary was never like, apparently when Rosemary saw her mom for the first time, Rose opened up her arms because mm-hmm. she ran to her and she opened up her arms thinking that it was, oh, she's going to come and hug me. Mm-hmm. And the nuns, because this was a Catholic, whatever, held rosemary because they knew and she just wanted to she started screaming at rose and her mom it was like pretty much of like how did you leave me i know that it was horrible it was horrible horrible okay well i know what i'm reading later on today like yeah that whole entire story yeah yeah. it's either on the people mag article marie claire article did a super super in-depth really really good read about it or the morbid podcast they also the part two is where they talk about rose kennedy but yeah, so I'll be posting some photos on it. I'll be posting about Walter Freeman and Watts. What Walter they... Freeman looks like on logo. Yeah, he has like the typical mustache of back then, like whatever. So you'll see that on Instagram. And that was lobotomies for you all. It was rough and it was creepy. And it's a horror story. And definitely. It's perfect for the month of October, <laughs> as we promised. Terrible, 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 terrible. Absolutely. So like, subscribe, do all the things, visit us on our link tree and let's... I'm so happy your drink has not affected you at all. I'm actually feeling a little buzzed right now. Well, I, I prepped yours like pretty, pretty strong. Jesus. Because I knew what was so coming up. lobotomy. Well, like I pretty much... Liquid put, like, lobotomy. So go to YouTube, subscribe, see us on all our socials. You can find us at funny in TikTok, funny medicine pod. On Instagram, Funny Medicine Podcast, on YouTube, Funny Medicine Podcast as well. Everywhere. Everywhere. Pretty much everywhere. Find us. Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Funny Medicine Podcast. Anything that you contribute money-wise goes directly into the podcast. Like it reimburses all of our spending, you know, for either, sorry, for either like 
ads, subscriptions, like pretty much subscriptions at this point. And then of course on Patreon, if you do subscribe for it, you'll get a lot of good stuff like behind the scenes footage, behind the scenes stuff. Oh, this girl. <laughs> and Patreon exclusive episodes for the month of October. We are continuing this, but on Patreon with completely different topics as we typically do. You guys are missing out if you're not checking that out. And we'll give a shout out to you guys as well. This month we got these are the shout outs. So it's Mike Percy. Yes. Lucy. Hey. And we got a new one today. Oh no way. Jade Stone. Jade Stone. That's her name. Okay, do we know her? Their name. No. Oh my god. Hi so, Jane. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. And if you want a shout out We'll shout you out. If you don't, let you us know. Text me won't. about Jay. Because I wanted to spread you. Oh, my God. Hi. We <laughs> love you. Thanks. Exactly. Thank you so much. We really, really, really appreciate it. If you don't want to be shouted out, you let us know. We won't shout you out. Or if you want us to call you Miss Magenta Unicorn, we'll call you that. It doesn't matter. Sure. <laughs> Whatever you want to be called, we could do that, too. Anyway, so catch us in the next one. Bye. Bye. Like, comment, review us on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, etc. Check us out on Instagram and TikTok at Funny Medicine Podcast. Our Gmail is at funnymedicine305 at gmail.com. And remember, we are not diagnosing you. Definitely not. Just funny stuff. See you later, guys. <laughs>